Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Just having business data isn't enough, but ZoomInfo leverages that data to unlock useful insights, like who to reach and how to reach them, so you can grow your business. Unlock insights at zoominfo.com. ZoomInfo, how business goes to market. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One. The matchmaking hats are back on as we discuss the what's next coming out of UFC Vegas 53 on Saturday night inside the Apex as the Bantamweight division officially has a new title contender. Thanks for having us on, everybody. I am Mike Heck, and joining me as always is a man who is great. He holds many titles. He is tremendous at all of them, but the most important one is he is all of our best friends, collectively. Mr. A.K. Lee, Alexander. Hello, sir. Good morning. Uh, I mean, I'm everybody's friend. I'm really, really, you're, I'm your best friend. You're, I'm, I'm your best friend. You're my best friend. I'm everybody's friend. I don't know if I'll go as far as saying I'm everyone's best friend. I mean, I, you know. Well, they consider you that. I feel like we have, they've just become part of our relationship here like they feel oh, a connection between us things. yeah oh. they, they, they look at you as a as a trusted figure if they have an yeah. issue they can hit you up in your dms call you on the phone something and you'll you'll, well, you'll talk them through all these situations yes well you're right uh, i'm their best friend they're not all my best friends <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well said well let's get into this thing ak let us begin and by the way, I want to start with something. I want to get your thoughts on this. I, fi- I figure this is a good topic because I heard from a lot of people who like to say things like this. I heard it on the broadcast last night from the desk, from the Karen Bryans to the Michael Kieses. Dean Thomas didn't really say much about it. But this notion that fans and media members are not allowed to look at a card on paper and say that it's not that good is just egregious to me. How can we not, like, why is it such a bad thing if all of us say, hey, look, it's a great main event. You look at the rest of the card on paper, there's some competitive matchups here, but they don't really, you know, none of these fights like really jump out at you. How is that an unfair criticism, AK? How come in every other sport we can have these conversations and no one says anything, but in MMA, if you say this, if you say a card on paper doesn't look that great, it is like the worst thing you can say. Yeah, listen, I love uh, Mel Chiesa. He was one of the first ones definitely to sort of jump on like, man, this card's delivering. And I, I know people weren't talking before and I'm sick of it. And uh, he's a great he's a great broadcaster and, and he's a fighter. He's coming at it from a different perspective. And he's a UFC employee, which is yeah, another perspective, which, you know, uh, might might color his opinion on these things. Yeah. Listen, if you're if you want to like make that case, you're essentially saying there are no bad cards. There's no bad cards. That's I, I, I guess until after you watch them. But listen, it's our job to sort of look at these things and analyze and preview and kind of tell people whether something is worth their money's worth or worth their time's worth. Um, 
and, and this card on paper wasn't. And and and, and, and let's be clear. Uh, it did turn out to be a decent card. I'm still not like going back and saying like, "Oh man, we were so wrong." Like you should, if you miss this card, you're crazy. Like, what? No, I mean there were some really good fights on it. it you, you didn't regret it if you watched it for sure. But I don't think there's one of those things where I tell people like, "Oh, if you missed it because you listened to the so-called MMA media, you're a fool." It's like, no, if you you can catch some of the highlights, um, some some of the good back and forth fights. Gabe Green, Johan Linus was a lot of fun. Um, Darren Elkins, Tristan Connolly was, you know, just seeing Elk. I mean, it was great. I think great matchmaking. So there's good fights on there for sure, but nothing that would make me go like, yeah, we were wrong. We should have told everyone to watch this. Like, no, it was. Uh, and, and of course, a fight of the year candidate in Verifon. But like I said, you can pick your choose, pick and choose your spots with this card, and that's what I would tell people to do. For anyone who missed it, I'd say, yeah, go back and watch some of the highlights. Go back and watch a couple of the great fights, and you're good. You're good. If you skipped it because you didn't want to sit down for six, seven hours and watch the UFC. You should have no regrets, and and I have no regrets about criticizing the card or any of the recent cards that have had are lacking in name value or matchup implica- uh, like rankings implications. That's just the honest truth. And again, if it's your goal to watch every UFC card, that's fine. That's that's cool. But there are people with more discerning uh, tastes, and and we have to re- we have to re- you know re- respect their opinions as well. So. Uh, yeah, I understand why why they want to defend it and stand up for cards of this and always credit to all the fighters and, and the people behind the scenes, by the way, at the UFC who never get credit for helping to put these cards together and keep these cards together. Nothing but respect. But uh, no, it's fine to criticize cards on paper. That's why, like that's just part of the business. Yeah. And by the way, if I ever see on Twitter Michael Chiesa talk about a Monday night football game that he think is that he thinks is trash or a Thursday night football game that he thinks is trash, I'm coming back at him. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. All out of love. I'm a huge. No one is a bigger Michael Chiesa fan than I, but I thought that was hilarious because I felt like he was talking to uh, to the media when he was saying that stuff. But again, it's okay in other sports to talk about this stuff. It's okay. Like if you look at the Christmas NBA schedule and you book it at the time, and you're like, "Oh, these look great on paper," and then a week before, you realize that the Lakers are playing the Celtics, and the Lakers are like one in twenty three, and the Celtics are twenty four and zero. We're not going to think it's like a great game on paper. It's just the way that it is. It happens sometimes. It was a fine card. But in the end, when we look back on April 30th, 2022 in the world of combat sports, guess what? As great as the UFC main event was, we're not even going to be thinking about that because of what happened at Madison Square Garden. Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano blew that entire card out of the water on Saturday. So, I mean, credit to all the fighters who stepped in. But again... We may be critical of said card. You gave it a seven on the gymnastic scale, mm-hmm. which all things considered is not that bad. No. And I think it hit us. Guess what? Great job. I, seven out of seven. Yeah, I think you hit a seven. <laughs> I think you seven hit a seven. Of, that's awesome. Like, that's great. You hit your, I, it, I just don't think it could have gone higher than that. And I'm not, I'm not convinced it did. Yeah, but enough, enough of the, oh, you guys are salty and negative on it. No, we watch them all. We cover them all. And we talk about them all. And we love them. Yeah, some cards on paper are just stronger, and this Anyone, was not one of those stronger cards. I I, I I know I could say this every show, but <clears throat> every now and then I see comments like, "Why did they, oh I saw it because of the uh, ranking." I think someone was commenting on one of our rankings, saying like, "Man, these guys must not like like MMA anymore or something." Like the way they talk about some of these fighters, I couldn't remember what it was, and it's just like, guys, we don't make uh, I don't even know we don't know we don't make seven figures a year doing this job. I mean, I'm I'm very happy with the money I make in my in my work, but for anyone who thinks that we just do this because we're making like a, a crap load of cash. And it's rolling around in like a Benz. No, it's because we love this. We love MMA. We love combat sports. And uh, that we get to pay to do it is just an amazing privilege. So anyway, I say this all the time. And I I don't mind repeating it. But I 
I imagine people are tired of hearing it. Yes, we love MMA, so leave us alone. But we are allowed to report and, and, and be fair. But anyways, let us shine some glorious praise amongst Marlon Cheeto Vera. Because, AK, they just don't make him like this guy. They just do not make him like this guy. He absorbs just a ridiculous amount of punishment over a 25-minute period. But you wouldn't know it because he certainly didn't look like he took just south of 300 significant strikes, 95% of which were to the head and face. In fact, he looked like he spent the night at the beach at a bonfire when the fight was over, just hanging out with a Hawaiian shirt on, listening to Jimmy Buffett's greatest hits. Rob Font, on the other end, looks like a completely different human being after this fight. I scored it the way two of the judges did, 49-46 for Marlon Vera, biggest win of his career. I will not talk about Jed Mishu's MMA decision scorecard, because that is just egregious and horrendous, but Marlon Vera will be in the top five of the UFC's Bantamweight division on Tuesday, AK. So where does he go from here? Uh, it's funny you mention that, because he actually will not be in the top five of my rankings, uh, even my UFC-only rankings. So the way I looked at it was... Uh, so here's my top five, and this is counting the champ. You're right, and the UFC is also different because they don't count the champions. So the UFC, so Aljamain Sterling would be separate, and then it would go one to five from there. So he probably will. I imagine their order will be something like Peter Yan, TJ Dillashaw, Corey Sanhagen, Aldo, and then Cheeto. For me, I actually took this, uh, uh, I actually bumped Rob Font down, and now Marab would be in my five, six spot. Uh, I don't know if people, people can disagree with that. That's fine. Vera and Font, of course, have fought better competition than Marab Dwaj, really. Uh, but I'm okay with So for me, I, it won't be that clear cut, but I know what you're saying. Uh, very likely he just takes Font's spot, and Font had claimed a top five spot in the UFC rankings. Not that anyone cares about that, guys. Uh, MAFighting.com, MAFighting Global Rankings. Uh, I have to stick with something I said, but I don't have to stick with it, but I'm going to stick with it because I don't think it's I don't think it's unreasonable. Uh, when uh, Song Yadong won his last fight, I said he should get the winner of uh, Vera and Font, either set up a rematch with Cheeto or uh, or a fresh matchup with Font. In this case, Vera won. So, yeah, run this one back. I think I think Cheeto would definitely really like to do it. The first fight, of, of course, went Song Yadong's way. Very controversial. Uh, an awesome fight, by the way. Awesome fight. But controversial. I did a robbery review. I said not a robbery. I think I, I believe I said not a robbery. Uh, I said just close fight, close competitive fight. I understand why people thought Vera won it, but uh, and I and I believe I also they got to run this one back in the future. There's no time like the present, especially again if you believe Vera is in the top five. Uh, I just don't think he's getting one of those big fights yet. I know a lot of I saw a lot of reader suggestions um, calling for those. We'll mention those later, but I don't know if he gets that yet. Get, let, let let him have his chance at uh, avenging the Song Yadong loss, and same for Song Yadong, give him a chance to now face a, a top ten opponent. So, yeah, I'm looking at my rankings right now. Um, I'm almost on the same boat as you. I think De Marab... So I have Sterling, Jan, Dillashaw, Aldo, Sandhagen as my top five. Font was six. Marab was seven. So I think Marab will bump up to six. Vera will bump up to seven. And Font will drop probably to, like, eight. He'll go a little bit above Sergio Pettis. But that's that's where that goes. But as far as the matching goes, this is kind of tough because I saw a lot of different suggestions out there. I love the Dominic Cruz idea. I love the Corey Sandhagen idea. But my favorite idea of all, and I think only one person said this, and I am all aboard this train, even though it's probably never going to happen. The fight to make 
is Marlon Vera versus Henry Cejudo. Because look, you know what? It is Sunday. It's a beautiful day. I'm not in Florida, but I'm going to pretend I'm in Florida. Perhaps I've been a little too hard on Mr. Cejudo. I don't think so. I still believe that nobody gives a hoot that Henry Cejudo is coming back outside of Henry Cejudo, his lovely family, and his manager. But if he is truly serious about this, if he truly wants to come back, you're not getting Aljamain Sterling. You're not getting Alexander Volkanovsky. In fact, that is just hilarious to even think about because it's not happening. But if you are truly serious, Henry Cejudo, and I know I suggested maybe you go out and fight Marab Dualashvili because that is proof is in the pudding. You know what? Maybe I was a little too harsh on that. I would love to see that. I really would love to see it. But no. Go fight Marlon Vera. Go fight, in my opinion, the number seven ranked Bantamweight in the world. And if you beat Marlon Vera, all you got to do is beat the number seven guy. You beat Marlon Vera, you get to fight Aljamain Sterling for the title. You get your title shot. So this is the fight to make. I want to give Marlon Vera that opportunity to welcome Henry Cejudo back. Because I think it would be a lot of fun. I think the build would be hilarious. And I think Marlon Vera might actually slap Henry Cejudo in the face when they actually stand up face-to-face against each other. It would just be fun because Marlon ain't about that life. You want to talk crap about Marlon Vera, he's going to talk crap back, and he's probably going to slap you upside the head. So I'm looking forward to that. That would be the fight to make. It's probably not going to happen. I'm probably not getting a not-no point. But if I had the book, if I had the magic pencil, if I'm Dana White, who is not believe, who is probably believes Henry Cejudo is coming back less than I do, like with less vigor than I do. And I don't think, I think I'm like number two on the list. Dana White's number one in the conversation of no one cares Henry Cejudo is coming back. Even Dana White would be like, all right, dude, you fight Marlon Vera, I'll give you a title shot. You do that, you're in. So... That's my fight. Probably not getting not no point, but that's how I'm I'm running the book. Now we're not going to make a pick for Rob Font, okay? I'll let you respond oh, let me, to that. Let, let me, yeah, let me say uh, that would have been such a good call out for uh, Cheeto to make after the oh, fight. hundred percent. The the Aldo call out is so bad. Oh yeah, it's uh, bad. <laughs> I don't. It's so bad. I I it's farther away than I remember. So that was three fights ago. Okay, fine. Um, but it's it's just not a good matchup. For, I'm not saying it's a fight he can't win. It's just not a good matchup for him. It doesn't. It's Aldo is clearly on a very different uh, 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 branch of sort of the contenders line right now. So his chances of getting that fight are just almost none. He he's more likely to call like he'd be more likely to get the Cejudo fight at this point than he would. That was the call out, hundred percent. It is just not a fight that UFC I think is interested in making at all, unless for some reason Aldo. Oh no, Aldo's smart. Aldo has been tweeting about getting a title fight, which is where what he should be doing. Horrible, horrible call out by uh, (laughs) Alondra. I hope he would get the the Cejudo fight, but he's such a company guy that he really will just. Like I said, that's kind of why I threw Song Yadong rematch out there. He's like, yeah, he want it because he want to get the win back, and he just says the UFC sends him a contract, he signs it. He's that kind of guy. He only took twenty percent from Font for uh, for a weight miss that was uh, you know almost three pounds, two and a half pounds, and uh, I think Font knew that he wasn't going to ask for more, so they just threw it the standard twenty. And um, yeah, I like I like the I like the uh, Cejudo matchup a lot. Uh, yeah, that that's a great magic wand pick, Mike. It is. Um, back to Font. Not going to make a pick for him. My hope is that he takes a whole bunch of time off the rest of the year, at least, then come back, take maybe a little bit of a step back. I saw a few people suggest Rob Font versus, Rob Font versus Song Yidong. I actually like that idea quite a bit. Um, and I love watching Rob Font fight. I, I actually know Rob decently from just covering him throughout his entire career. But, uh, you know, I just want to see him as close to his best as possible. Still a fun fighter. It's not like 
the scorecards don't really show how close this fight actually was or the Jose Aldo fight actually was. But just he was just getting cracked. He was getting dropped real hard. It was just uh, it was tough. The dude is tough as hell. Um, so good stuff. Businesses have always needed customers. So customer engagement has always been a thing. You know, steak dinners, golf, in-person handshakes. Not exactly efficient, though. But thanks to Zoom Info, times have changed. Now you can engage with the right customers across all channels and grow your business efficiently and effectively, all from one platform. Sorry, steak dinner guy. We've got work to do. Unlock insights, engage customers, win faster at zoominfo.com. Zoom Info, how business goes to market. Co-made event, AK. This is just something because Andre Olofsky just keeps winning. He just keeps winning. Even when he doesn't win AK, he wins. And that's what happens against Jake Collier because he clearly lost this fight. Clearly lost it. There's not a person besides maybe Abe Kawa and Malki Kawa and maybe Arlovsky's corners who thought he won this fight. Literally no one else thought Arlovsky won. I can name two other people. Oh, God. But still, the, but, but the, anyways. The, ju- the judges. <laughs> Two yeah, judges. and the judges, and the judges, <laughs> and the judges. But he still wins. He loses, but still wins. Unbelievable. Andre Olaski, AK, has won four fights in a row. He's won six of his last seven. The one loss was to Tommy Aspinall, which is not a that that loss ages very well. This guy is ridiculous. But my pick, no matter what happens on May twenty first, AK, Jailton Almeida is fighting Parker Porter. Parker Porter is the guy. It's Parker Porter versus Andre Olovsky. No matter what happens, Porter wins, Porter loses. He fights Andre Olovsky next. Uh, yeah, I think we're in agreement, uh, as you as are with a lot of fans media. Like, let us never, barring something crazy happening, let's say he wins 10 fights in a row, let us never uh, push him at, towards a title shot or talk about, like, content, well, what does this mean for his contenders? Who cares? It's the, the, he's beyond that. Uh, again, he's in that Jim Miller, Donald Storney range, literally now tied with them for 23 UFC wins, the most wins in promotional history. Yeah, let's just keep giving him fun fights. Not even – I shouldn't even say fun fights. Uh, Andre Olaski <laughs> fights are not particularly fun to watch, but they are fascinating. They are fascinating, I think, in the sense that like for 15 minutes, you keep expecting him to slip on the proverbial banana peel or his opponent to like figure him out and just be like, oh, wait a minute. Like I'm – 12 years younger than this guy, than this guy. I'm just going to, you know, go nuts on him and knock him out. It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. Uh, so, yeah, I'm sticking mid-range as well. Blagoy Ivanov fights Marcus uh, Marcos Ogero de Lima uh, next week, UFC 274. So uh, just whoever wins that, congrats. You get you get to be the next to lose a split decision to Andre Arlovsky. Wow, listen to that. Well done. By the way, just going back to the main event, I saw uh, my man John Anik tweet this out. Uh, from the UFC stats desk, Michael Carroll does a tremendous job with this stuff. Marlon Vera's minus. By the way, again, if you ever watch this fight, this is the one of this might be the perfect example of judging in 2022. It was Aldo Font. Now it's this fight. Rob Font in significant strikes over five rounds outlanded Marlon Vera by 112 significant strikes. So this was John Anixui was from the UFC stats desk. Marlon Vera's Minus 112 significant strike differential, 271 to 159, is the largest negative differential for a fighter to win by decision in UFC history. The previous record belonged to Robbie Lawler when he beat Carlos Condit. Minus 84 differential. 
That's a wild stat, AK. That is a crazy number. And yet, and yet, let this fight be, uh, you know, let this fight be used in the future as 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 an for how fights should be judged. This is how this was perfectly accurate. Uh, let's give a shout out. I'm gonna have to give a shout out and then sort of take it back. But let's give it. Listen, we always <laughs> criticize judges, so shout out to Mike Bell, Sal Diamato, and Junichiro Camillo for scoring the fight as it should have been. Well done, gentlemen. Uh, Sal Diamato also scored. Was also one of the judges who scored the fight for. Uh, Arlovsky over Collier. So <laughs> it's all a bit of a mixed night. But hey, like I said, we only seem to call out referees and, and such and uh, judge when they do a bad job. They did a fine job with the main event. We can talk about the other stuff another time. But uh, good yeah. job. That was that was right. That's how you score it. And people should study that fight. 100 percent. 48, 49, 46 was the number. 48, 47. I mean, that was uh, kind of a gift for Rob Font. I scored a 49, 46 and I am a I mean, Everyone knows you always accuse me of New England bias. Big time home. And I still scored 46. But uh, let's move ahead. Featherweights. Juanderson Brito has his breakout moment, AK. Lives up to the hype and then some. He stops Andre Feely in under a minute. And I don't think anybody saw that coming. I think maybe some people picked Joe Anderson Brito to, to get the upset win. But no one expected him to run through Feely in under a minute. Massive win. Massive statement, AK. What do we do with this man? How far do we do we push him up the ladder? Now, I don't think that my chosen opponent for him should even be at 145 pounds. But I think it's got name value. I think it's an intriguing fight to kind of see how good Brito actually is. I think he's very talented. I think he's got a very distinct style, which is fine. I just like that he just punches his way in and goes for takedowns. And um, Dan Hooker. Ooh, Dan Hooker. If Dan Hooker stays at 145, which is which uh, he after his loss to Arnold Allen, he didn't seem to give an indication either way. I was in favor of him going back to lightweight, if only because I'm not sure he's a contender, a true like contender at either weight class. So like at least fight at the one where you don't have to you know cut that extra 10 pounds. Um, but if he's serious about it, like I don't think uh, you know he's he's been around. I don't think he's gonna necessarily let that one loss as bad as it was deter him. He may want to take another couple of cracks at 145 now that he's back down there. So. Yeah, let me see what we got with Brito because um, he takes a weird jump up. He jumps up because Andre Feely is like a perennial top 25, top 30 guy. And I did not have Brito in there. So he breaks into that um, that range of fighters. And Dan Hooker's kind of in a weird spot at featherweight. I have him in like the top 25, but I mean, does he even deserve a top 25 spot? He hasn't done that even when he was at featherweight. It wasn't like he was beating elite guys. So both guys, strange, strange sort of part of the rankings. Throw them in there. And at one, you get a fun fight. And two, Let's see. Uh, let's see who's really sort of a guy who's going to um, be a factor at 145. I like the pick. That's a re- that's an interesting pick. One I didn't even think of. So well done. Listen, Andre Feely is a great win. Andre Feely for years has been like a fringe top 20 guy, and they may have something with Joe Anderson Brito. They might have something here. I was very high on him heading into his UFC debut. This was a, a great win. However, I have not seen enough to rush him past that point. Because what happens if he takes on a very durable guy that would have perhaps survived that early onslaught? What happens in round two? What happens in round three? We saw it happen in Berto's debut. Looks great early, just comes out 150 miles an hour. And then if he doesn't put you away, he starts to slow down and he might get put away. So I don't want to rush him too quickly, but I also want him to get tested. So Julian Arosa is my pick, AK. Julian Arosa, Joannis and Brito, let's do it. That's the fight. Everyone's going to love it. Let's see what you got. 
Yep, a lot of Arosa talk this. A lot of Arosa talk this week. I'll tell you, we get to the listeners. Big win for Grant Dawson submits Jared Gordon in the third. Tough, gritty, yet very dominant performance. He he seems to have addressed the cardio issues. Of course, it was talked about throughout the fight and throughout the broadcast. The move from Glory MMA to ATT. He had those extra levels of, uh, I needed to get to this point. I'm tired after two rounds. I need to find that second gear, that third gear. He found it. Very solid showing from Mr. KGD. And I want to give him a guy, probably right outside of the top 15, maybe a top 20, top 25 guy. A dangerous man who, I want to see a, I want to see Grant Asa fight a guy who's going to punch him in the face really, 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 really hard. And I think Joel Alvarez is just that guy, AK. Let's see where Grant Dawson is at. Let's see if Joel Alvarez can bounce back from that lopsided loss to Armand Sarukian. And let's see if Grant Dawson is a top 15, kind of 155-er. Because I have to say, I was very impressed by this performance. Jared, Gor- You don't do that to Jared Gordon. And if he goes out there and does the same thing to Joel Alvarez, which is very possible because we saw the Sarukian fight, we might have something with Grant Dossi. He might just very well be a top 15, 155-pounder. What say you? I'm going to go even higher. I'm actually going to go even higher than Joel Alvarez. I agree. I do want to see him tested uh, by a top 15-level opponent. And normally I hate you know, putting guys streaking in one direction against guys streaking in another direction. But I do think Diego Fajeda is the right test. He has lost three straight, but he's a pretty big step up from uh, everyone who Grant Dawson has fought so far. Uh, for me, he's hanging on to a 15 spot in my UFC only rankings. He's right there at 15. I have um, three spots above Grant Dawson, and there's a few na- there's a couple names in between that would also make sense. But uh, yeah, and, and I hate to I hate to use guys as like stepping stones, but I do feel like with Diego Fajeda, I think the UFC would probably look at him that way, so they don't care whether he's on a three fight losing streak or not. Um, and if they're invested in Grant Dawson, that's your gauge there to say, oh, wow, if he beats Diego Fajeda, then we're really talking maybe a top 10 opponent next. Like this, Because I think Diego Fajeda is so skilled, so well-rounded, um, so experienced. He can finish quick, but he's been in wars too. Like if it goes to a decision, man, he's going to take Do- – he's going to really push Dawson to another level. Um, so not an easy win at all, but someone who's just slumping a little bit, and it might be the right time for, for a guy like uh, him to fight Grant Dawson. I like that fight. I like that fight a lot. Let's move on to Darren Elkins, who revealed on the broadcast after defeating a very game, a very tough Tristan Connolly, that that was the last fight on his deal. He bet on himself to try to get himself a new contract. And, of course, he's asked, like, who do you want to fight next? And he said, "I give me that new contract and I'll fight whoever you want. So, interesting to see... I think the UFC will probably re-sign him. I don't think it's going to take much of a bump up to get him there. It's not like Darren Elkins is going to say, I want 150 and 150 to fight. He'll probably just be like, give me an extra like couple grand. Fly me first class instead of coach, and I'm in. So where does he go? 145 is interesting. You know what you're getting when you're fighting a guy like Darren Elkins. Where does he go? Where does the damage go from his victory over Tristan Connolly? I'm trying to see the la- the last disclosed payday I could find for Darren Elkins was, and this is a while ago, so it's Probably, I imagine this was a new four fight. So he, when he, oh, this actually works perfectly. Okay, let's 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 go with my with my pick. Um, I want to see him run it back with Nate Landwehr. I think it's been enough time. That was an amazing fight. Uh, that was May 2020. This was, be- I think, was this just before? Was it or just? I'm sorry, just after COVID 
uh, sort of hit, and then they had to do a show in Jacksonville. Yeah, it's one of the first Jacksonville cards, right? right? Okay, yeah, they, they did like three shows in like a uh, in like two weeks or something. It, that was such a weird time, such a weird time. People forget, <laughs> I think, about the Jacksonville shows. Uh, yeah, amazing fight, controversial, controversial. I, I did think it was okay for Landwehr, but I know a lot of people who scored it for Elkins, and that's fine. So uh, yeah, enough time has passed. Run that one back. Super fun fight. And, I, and I, the other thing I want to mention that card is it's the last time I can find uh, disclosed paydays because he's fought in Vegas uh, at the Apex every time since. And Darren Elkins made 62000 to show he lost. So And then uh, would have made 62000 to win. So about one hundred twenty grand to uh, if he had won. He's the kind of guy, he's been around for so long, he should be getting one twenty grand to show and then like a win bonus of whatever, 50000 So like, how, you know. Because I still believe in win bonuses. I, I think we've been against the win bonus thing for so long. I still believe in win bonuses, but they should just be like they should be literally that. They should be a bonus, not ha- not double your show. You know what I mean? Your show should be substantial. Your show should be like whatever happens, win or lose, this guy should be happy, should be taken care of. Especially a guy like Darren Elkins, he should be making one hundred fifty grand, honestly two hundred grand, probably more. I'm probably still underselling it, and then like a fifty thousand dollar win bonus or something like that, whatever. But. Whatever his next contract is, Darren Elkins, please. Uh, I don't know if I'm talking to him or his agent, whoever handles this. This guy's got to be making at least six figures a fight, win or lose. Has to be. He's just given so much to this company, and his fights are always good. I don't know what what, what more you can ask for uh, from a fighter. I mean, that is, that is a brilliant statement. Well said. Mm. Uh, with that being said, Darren Elkins versus Sean Woodson seems like a very fun fight because I feel like Sean is... Sean is a very talented guy. I feel like he has been comfortably ahead in every single fight he's been in until the Julian Arosa fight where he was clearly winning the first two rounds, was clearly winning the third round, even drops Julian Arosa in the third and then ends up getting submitted late in the third. So I think for Sean Woodson, I'm very high in his talents. I think he's a very good fighter. Uh, I think this guy could be a top 15 guy in this division, but... To get there, you got to beat the Darren Elkinses of the world. You have to go through that fire. And I think it's time to throw Sean Woodson into that into that damaged fire right now. So let's do that. Let's see what happens. Let's re-sign Darren Elkins. Let's give him some more money. And let's see this fight play out. Because Sean Woodson at 145 at like six foot eleven is just hilarious to watch. And Darren Elkins should be all about that, AK. I like that. I like that because it is time to give him another chance to prove he can put together that, uh, you know, a, a three-round performance against a veteran. Because you said, like you said, Arosa just faltered, just faltered the finish line, you know. Um, so yeah, Elkins, Elkins, Elkins makes a lot of sense. Let's go to Christoph Jocko, AK. I know you're very high on this man, and I'm gonna let you. Uh, I'll let you wax poetically in a minute. I'll get my pick out real yeah. quick. He defeats Gerald Mearshart, gets it done. Christoph Jocko. I'm trying to like find a way to compare him. Christoph Yako is like a guy who hits 375 in the American League, but he hits like no homers and drives in 15 runs. Like it's just it's it's effective. It's very effective. He gets on base, probably wins the batting title, but no one really gets it because there's a guy who hit like 235, but he hit 55 home runs and drove in 175 runs. Like we're looking at that guy. Well, Christoph Yako is just getting in there. He's just He's getting base hits. He's sacrificing runners to second base. Whether there's runner on third, he's hitting a fly ball to the outfield to bring him in. Like he just does everything fundamentally sound, 100%. Gets another victory. Now he has to fight Bruno Silva, okay? That's the fight to make. Bruno Silva's coming off the loss to Alex Pajeda, that tough, gritty fight. So, Jocko versus Bruno Silva. That's the way to go. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I'm, I'm a little upset I hadn't thought of it. Actually, I, I noticed it when people sent in uh, listener suggestions later. I was like, why did I not 
Oh, Bruno Silva. Maybe I thought he'd been booked or something. I'm not sure. Uh, that's a great matchup. I think you're overselling uh, also how good. I, I love Christoph Jocko, but uh, 375 is like an all-star. You're talking about like an all-star. I don't think Jocko would be like, is, I would consider him like an all-star level player. He's like he's like Eric Chavez. in three, this is a deep, 312. This 312. is a deep cut. This is a deep cut. This is like Eric Chavez of uh, the Oakland A's back in the day. Never made an all-star team. Very solid, notable player. Played for a lot of good Oakland A's teams. Uh, I believe he won gold gloves. So he might not even got that. It's just weird. Like a very, he was a notable player once upon a time. Uh, uh, Oakland A's fans will, I'm sure will know That's what I'm talking good, about. That's a good bet. That's a good Yeah, it's a deep cut. It's a deep cut. And, and. Again, solid. Like when you look back, I think if you look at Christoph Jocko's resume, you just look at straight, just look at how much green there is in his win column, how much uh, red there is. It's it looks good. It looks good. A lot of green. A lot of green. He ha- he's lost to definitely probably the you know top ten, top fifteen. That's and that's fine. He's he's has, hasn't been able to reach that level. Um, but yeah, I just like guys like him who are grinders who just man stick around. They find ways to win fights. He's kind of the middleweight Arlovsky. Um, you know, hasn't been around quite as long, but. Just in the way that he seems to drag people into Jotko fights. You're gonna fight the way Jocko wants you to fight. He might not win. He might not win that fight, but you're gonna end up fighting his way, uh, and that's a very tough thing to do. And uh, and always uh, just a unique gift that some fighters have. Him and Arlovskian and, and several others. So uh, I said, screw it, Mike. Oh no! I said, screw it. I'm going. Uh, Asanya. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's time. It's time. He's won. <laughs> he's won five out of six. No, uh, Derek Brunson. Oh, Derek Brunson. I yeah, I think Derek Brunson is leagues ahead of him in my rankings. I think he's if you're tiering the uh, middleweights, clearly a tier above. But Brunson's coming off a loss. He's fought pretty much everybody in the you know, or at least been matched up with like everybody in the top ten. I think Brunson wins this one pretty easily. But like I said, Jocko drags it to a Jocko fight. Man, you just don't know what can happen. And unless uh, Stranger Things have occurred in MMA before, maybe Jocko beats him and gets like his first top 10 ranking ever. That would be fun. So, um, yeah, it might just be a stay busy fight for Brunson. Maybe not one he'd get uh, super motivated for. But um, very middleweighty matchup and one that I could see uh, a co-main eventing some cards somewhere. I mean, I I respect Christoph Jocko so much for being unapologetically himself. Mm -hmm. Like, he's not going to cater to to the fans. He's not going to cater to his opponent or the teams, or anything like that. He's just going to fight his fight. He's going to do the fundamentals. He's going to hit free throws, and he's going to win. That's what he does. So, guy wins again. And Gerald Mearsharp back to the drawing board. Let's go to the wild card round, but I, I, I have to get clarification here, AK, because we discussed this, that we weren't even really essentially going to do a wild card round. We were just going to make fights for Alexander Romanov, as we should. I don't think that's a terrible idea at all. Uh I mean, there are plenty of wild card picks from the fans that we could talk about, but I like this Romanov idea. Yeah, I like this Romanov idea a lot. And let me let me just say this: one of the most frustrating conversations we had in our Slack channel was about our rankings, and Alexander Romanov was like at the center of this. And I'm not going to get into who started this and who got no. me all angry and fired up have, and all of us. But have. I feel like Alexander Romanov right now, like when my rankings come out. I had Romanov ranked, like, I think the first month we did this. And then I think maybe, like, his inactivity at the time knocked him out. But he was always, like, 16, 17 for me. I'm going to say this. After his performance against Chase Sherman, even though Chase Sherman, even though he was the biggest favorite in UFC history, he's going to be a top 10 heavyweight in my rankings. He will be in the top 10. He'll probably be the number 10 ranked heavyweight. Because here's the thing. 
You can sit there and be like, whoa, oh, he just beat the worst heavyweight in the world, so how could you justify a ranking? It's not that he beat the worst heavyweight in the world. In your eyes, I don't think Chase Herman is the worst heavyweight in the world. But it's the way he did it. Because someone someone on Twitter, my man Keith, was like, well, Jake Collier submitted him in the first round too. Should he be your rank guy? No, Jake Collier got punched in the face 10 times by Chase Sherman. You know how many times Alexander Romanov got punched in the face by Chase Sherman? Zero. Zero. You know how many times Alexander Romanov was touched by Chase Sherman? Zero. Zero. He went flying six times and then got strangled and then got pounded out and then almost got his arm ripped off. That's what you do as a minus twenty two hundred favorite. He actually cash. He actually lived up to the price tag. That's what you do in these situations. And it's not like Sherman was Romanov's initial opponent. He was scheduled to fight Tanner Bozer, which, by the way, I like Tanner a lot. But the same thing would have happened to Tanner Bozer. Like I'm convinced, convinced the same thing would have happened. So I think Romanov is that good. AK. With that being said, is that the road you went here? Did you match make for Romanov, or did you? Go outside of this and pick somebody else for a while. Oh man, I, listen, listen. We should, we should. Uh, that's what I was telling you, message you before. It's like we should just do Romano because I don't remember if this was going to be a main card fight last week. I don't think so, right? I think even uh, when it was intact, no, it was. It was. It was. It was okay. I think it was the opener. Yeah. It was okay, right? And then it just became a five fight. Oh no, yeah, they bumped up uh, Barbario and uh, Jordan Wright. Um, yeah. So I mean, really, it's only fair. Like, it's kind of sucked just because I got delayed a week that we don't give it its no time. So, uh, and again, it's. <laughs> Let's be honest. I think of this card. It was probably one of the top three fights that people were talking about, if only because of the astronomical odds that Chase Sherman was facing. So yeah, again, yeah. I, I, if you want to throw in another wild card pick, that's fine. I think we should just both do Romanov. But um, Martin Tabura. So I, I want to give. So for me, like I said, I'm not going to move Romanov into my top ten. Uh, I do want to see him beat slightly better competition. I, he's kind of there with Sergey Pavlovich. Sergey Pavlovich just beat Shamil Abdurakhimov. And Abdurakimov is a much better opponent than anyone that um, Romanov has beat. And and he did it impressively, too. Like, Pavlovich has looked like a, actually looked like a beast. Um, his only loss is to Alistair Overeem. He's just not ready for that fight yet. So I can't. So I'm putting him in that range, which means I can't bump him into the top 10. But top 15 for sure. The good thing is, barring something crazy happening, I think he's a lock to get a top 10 opponent and will be undeniable if he beats, like, a Martin Tabora or uh, some of the other names that I've seen in the top 10 thrown out there for him. So I don't need to bump him up yet because uh, the man's an animal. Probably bump himself up. Yeah, he's a minus 600 favorite against Martin Tybor, which is just crazy to think about because no one's really a minus 600 favorite. Martin is favorite. a veteran, a great grappler. He's super strong. Like, he's stronger than he looks. I don't know if he's, he's Uberov strong, but he's so much stronger than he looks. Uh, the experience is there. I, I think it's a great, great test. Um, again, like you said, definitely huge favorite Romanov. Uh, yeah, minus 600 sounds about right. But one that I think it's going to have, I think the fight would have people sweating for a little bit. Yeah, I actually, I like that one better than my actual pick. I think I was kind of lazy with my actual pick. And normally we don't, we don't reward fighters for trying to match make for us. But he called out Augusto Sakai, said, let's just do it in July. I'm in. I like it. Yeah. I like the idea. If, I, if that means I get to see Romanov right back in there this summer against a ranked guy, let's do it. Because guess what? He's, it's just going to be a short night at the office. He's going to pick Sakai up. He's going to suplex him. He's going to punch him in the face, and he's going to submit him inside of three minutes. So, yeah, let's do it. Give him what he wants, and then if he calls out somebody else, we do that as well. So He's fun, eh? He uh, is Romanov. fun. He's fun. He's, uh, by the way, I want to pause. I think I've referred to him as Russian on multiple shows. He is Moldovan, so I do yeah. apologize. Not, not the same thing. He is Moldovan. Um, but he's got, like, 
I don't want to say he has the uh, the it factor to be a tier A star. That's that's probably a bit too far, but you never know. But I think he could be a solid, really like upper tier B guy because even when so when when we saw him before, he was like this big burly bear. Like he had a great look from the beginning. This kind of big burly bear, and he fought like it. You know, he 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 fought like he looked. Now he suddenly dropped all this weight. He looks freaking diesel uh, and looks intimidating in an entirely different way. He's kind of funny on the mic. Like he's got kind of a subtle humor about him. He called out John Jones uh, last last night in a sort of backstage interview. That, that I thought that was fun, a kind of quirky thing to do. He's throwing around his coaches after, which I always like. I like when fighters do that. Like he has a lot of hooks. Like he's very memorable. And then you put on and then you throw in the dominance. Like he has he's already had a few like highlight reel finishes. Like he's the fun kind of grappler, not the kind of grappler that be like, oh, I don't want to watch this guy grand out a decision. Now this guy, when he gets a takedown, you get excited. You're like, oh crap! Like what? The, what's wrong? I'm gonna do to this guy. So I don't know if he can do that to the upper tier guys, but he's already kind of got that identity. So uh, good for the UFC's heavyweight division because yeah, there's he's really like I like I like what you said. The so- whoever he fights, the sooner the better. We need more Romano. Yes, the way he suplexed Chase Sherman. Chase Sherman's feet were like. <laughs> Two and a half feet above Romanov's head. And Romanov was like standing straight up. It was just wild. Just wild. So great win for him. Treated Chase Sherman accordingly. Was every bit of a minus 2200 favorite. And I can't wait to see him again. Do we have any... uh... Any bonus material? Do we, we have do. mic checks? We do. do we have check no, the tapes? We got, some, we got some nice check the tapes here. Uh, MMA heads called out this uh, Lewis versus Sergey Pavlovich matchup, which seems to be going down. It seems to be, I don't know if it's signed, but in the works, at least for UFC 277, July 30th. So that's a solo point for you, MMA heads. Marcus McGahey, if anyone else mentioned this matchup, I'm, I'm sorry if I missed it, but uh, he reminded me and thus gets the point. Marcus McGahey, uh, Means versus Holland. Uh, Kevin Holland announcing that one with an amusing video. Earlier this week, that looks like that's going down June 18th. And uh, shared point for all listeners, Cater uh, versus Emmett. That's uh, June 18th, same card, UFC Austin. And then a couple of big ones for UFC London, July 23rd. Uh, Blades versus Aspinall. Looks like that's going to be the main event, right? Yeah. They're working for the main event. And Jack Hermanson versus Darren Till. So some shared points, a couple of solo points. Well done. Well done, team. The uh, the Otno listeners, crushing it as always. Well done. Let's go to listener picks. Let's do it. Disclaim away, my man. Yes, uh, this is the, uh, Marcus McGee calls this the Primavera edition of, uh, (laughs) I like that. It is springtime, Primavera. Yeah, it's very clever. Primavera edition of the uh, No Listener Picks. Uh, So very quickly here, categories rule, guys, as we just mentioned. If you're somehow the only one who who, uh, picked a fight, or I just forgot everyone else did it, guess what? No point for you. This one's really sticking my crop, people. Making mistakes is really starting to bother me. (laughs) Make sure you please, guys, you've got the, your, the right weight class or if they fought already recently or it's someone who's a notable injury that we know is not fighting for a while, someone who's not on the roster anymore, uh, fights, fights that are already booked. Listen, Mike, if I see one more mistake like these, I'm telling you. Uh, so right now I, I think I have a sort of somewhat of a rule. If you make two mistakes, then I'm just not reading any of your picks. Okay, if you make two mistakes. But going forward, I'm getting to the point, if you make like one egregious mistake – I'm not gonna read. Then, then I'm not gonna. I'm still not gonna read any of your picks, and you're disqualified from getting auto points. But people, MMAfighting.com, Topology, SureDog, whatever resource you want, you have the internet. Google, use them, <laughs> and figure out if these people are already booked. I keep seeing people uh, picking fighters who are already booking the fights, and it is infuriating. And uh, more importantly, of course, if your pick is doo doo, uh, we're just not gonna want to read it. Well done. I mean, it's it's it, the, this disclaimer just gets more hilarious each. I keep trying to make it shorter. Show. But I have, but I have to add these addendums all the time. It's just this is on the listeners. You guys think the disclaimer section is too long? That's on you. I feel like UFC 274's disclaimer is going to be just off the charts hilarious because we're going to be on like two hours sleep 
recording that show. <laughs> Actually, we'll be live on that show, that so you're gonna be, we're going to be all sorts of salty. But let's get into this. Jack Porter kicking us off for Otno. Cheeto versus Jan would be an absolute war. Font versus O'Malley a year from now. I like that idea as well. Arlovsky versus Shamil Abdurahimov, even though I really didn't think he won the fight. How about Romanov versus Christakis? I actually don't mind that one either. That's a fine fight. Puts him right into the top 10. And I also want to match up Mike with a bit more of a West Coast friendly start time for heck of a morning. Love the show. Want to start calling in. By the way, I appreciate that. I appreciate the kind words. But guess what? Your entire combat sports watching life is based on West Coast time. So we're going to give the East Coasters something to like this time. We're going to cater to them because the East Coast time is the best time. We're going to do something for them. Okay, Everything's on the West Coast. These UFC events, these main cars starting at 10 p.m. Eastern is a travesty. They're starting at 7 p.m. Eastern. We should be getting everybody the same kind of leeway. It is what it is. Tristan Gordat. Mike, Mike, you and I have survived too many East Coast winters. You're, you've, you're done with those now, thankfully. But you and I have survived too many bitter East Coast winters to put up with West Coasters telling us what time we should be doing our, our business. Yeah, get up early. Get up at 4.30. <laughs> Let's rock. Uh, Tristan Gordat, main card. Darren Elkins versus Darren Elkins versus Julian Arosa. He likes that. Grant Dawson versus Drew Dober. If Dawson's not ready for a top 15 in the lightweight division, then a win against Dober could be enough to have him face a ranked fighter. Wild card. He likes Romanov versus Sakai. Mike, I'm really high on Romanov as well. But we may have to slow roll him a bit. Let him face the bottom half of the top 15 where he can gain more experience and octagon time before we start shooting him up close to the top five. Obviously, we're not throwing him in there. It's a top five. What I was saying on the post-fight show is that I would favor Romanov against two members of the top five right now. I think he would absolutely destroy Derek Lewis, and I think he would run through Tai Tuivasa. The others, not as confident about. But I would have to think about it. I would have to think about it. Uh, Shanna Young versus Hannah Goldie as well. I there saw a go. lot of that. Yeah, good logical pick. Fine. Uh, Brendan Nunez, Romanov versus Tybor. He's with you. Jocko versus the loser of Pajera versus Strickland, AK. Uh, Pajera versus... Sorry, that was uh, Jocko? Yes. Mm. Uh, when is that fight happening? July 30th? It's a little too far away. It's a little too far away. Yeah, it's one of those jolly cards. Uh, yeah. Dawson versus Gregor Gillespie. Arlovsky versus Sakai 2. And Viva Ecuador. Cheeto versus Corey Sanhagen. I feel like that's going to be a very very popular one. Uh-huh. Uh, John Ray, love the draft show. I have to ask you, how did you as Eagle FC not draft Habib's freedom from the UFC? You know why? Because I know my competition and I know nobody was going to take that risk in drafting Hubby and Mermagomedov. Yeah. Because they didn't want to just waste a pick. So I know I have him for a while. Now, I will say next year, I might have to think about it a little bit more, especially if Charles Oliveira beats Justin Gaethje and then goes on to beat somebody else. Then we might have to start, I might have to start kind of defending his honor and keeping him, keeping him safe in the Eagle FC offices. But that's neither here nor there. He's coming back. He's coming back <laughs> yeah. to fight the Bronx next year. I'm telling you. Uh, Shetty Young versus Priscilla Cachueta. Gabe Green versus the winner of Trinaldo versus Roberts. Ooh. Figgy Biggs versus Carlos Hernandez. Jotko versus Hernandez. Okay. Anthony Hernandez. Anthony Hernandez, yep. Okay. Uh, Darren Elkins, Joanna Brito. Grant Dawson versus Dan Hooker. 
I'm surprised. First of all, I didn't that I didn't see more people throwing uh, Elkins just going Elkins Brito. Yeah, I was surprised. Uh, Grant Dawson again. Yeah, I I just don't mind Grant Dawson. I think that's a. You know what? That's I was gonna say it's a nightmare matchup for Dan Hooker. Uh, really, look, Dawson is a nightmare matchup for almost anyone if he gets into the ground. But look, uh, guys like him, you you do want to see like a little more well-roundedness and uh, in a stand-up battle. I mean, obviously Hooker will probably like slice his ass up or not. I don't know. But Hooker would be heavily favored in stand-up. Dawson heavily favored in the ground. That's actually not, like, terrible. And I do want Hooker to go back to, to lightweight. So I kind of yeah. like it. I would I would say Dawson is, like, a minus 275 to minus 300 favorite in that fight. But, yeah, good fight. Good fight. Uh, and he likes Font versus Song Yidong. I like that one as well. Gerard Biagin, Font versus Frankie Edgar at 145. Both their chins could use less weight cuts. I actually like this idea, AK. I think that's... I think that's a fine fight. No weight cuts. We'll do the Kelleher weight yeah. class. Font versus Frankie Edgar. Five rounds. Uh-huh. I love it in theory, as long as it doesn't actually happen. Yeah. <laughs> love it. I actually feel like that would be a super fun, compelling fight. Because Font is a great boxer, but he's not a powerhouse boxer. It's... He's not a guy that's just going to, like, knock your head off. Until Frankie's Frankie. a volume Until striker, too. Frankie. Until he fights Frankie. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Uh, so there you go. Our, AK didn't hear that one. Arlovsky versus Sergey Spivak. Eh, maybe. Yeah. It's kind of, I, I got that too. It's kind of perfect actually. Cause yeah, you're right. I, I would, I would put, I mean, I would put Spivak, I wouldn't call him mid tier cause I do think he's like a legitimate like prospect. I'd put him a little bit above that, but not so far above that he's beyond fighting Arlovsky. And again, that really feels like a fight that would go to a decision that's that that uh, our loss could find a way to make that go to decisions so and i have them right next to each other in my rankings so that'd be such an arlovsky fight right yeah that'd be brutal to watch but hilarious at the same time <laughs> uh brito versus amir hani sure dawson versus mark madsen talk about brutal and tough to watch i think that would be brutal and tough to watch unless you're a grappling fan then it would be like a grappler's delight but i have a feeling we're just gonna be hanging out in the fence for 14 and a half minutes but or or uh 15 minutes of lukewarm kickboxing oh there you go now you got me now you got me fired up elkins versus bruce leroy that seems like just a ton of fun so sign me up for that fought? how have they not fought already i know jocko versus the chris curtis hodolfo vieta winner romana versus tybora figgy figgy biggs versus the cody durden jp bays winner i believe they're fighting in july now gabe green versus mike malott Ooh, that's a great fight i like that mm-hmm. one a lot yep. uh natan levy versus jurong gerard biagin just bringing the heat this week very well done. was it levy versus levy versus jurong oh jurong wrong okay. is it yeah wrong Ju. yeah yeah <laughs> yes. excuse me either's kind either's kind of correct depending how you want it yeah, yeah i'm like Rongju. Wrong burgundy and just reading off the teleprompter. Uh, hey, Mike, it's Zeke. First time submission to on to the next one. Not sure if it'll be next, but a must-see in my future MMA fandom. Marlon Vera, Sean O'Malley 2. Now, how would you feel if the UFC just went back to that well and booked it as like a fight night main event? Would you be cool with that? Or do you feel like it's too soon? I mean, I'd be, I'd be cool with it because I think Vera would beat him again and we could finally like stop talking about this like it was some sort of weird like non-finish because it was a clear finish like uh, yeah yes injury but that's a clear tko win for marlon vera for me um so yeah i have no if that's listen if that's what the usc want to do next definitely have no problem with it i think it, people still talk about the fight there's heat to it and that's what combat sports is about do people want to see these two fight again uh yes would o'malley want to take that fight definitely definitely he doesn't shut up about it um 
so yeah, I'm cool with it. Not not my top choice, not my top choice. You know, in a perfect world, I want to see people kind of moving in fresh directions. Um, other than the, the well, I know I just said the song and dong rematch, but um, that's a little more I, that's a little more relevant right now. Um, but O'Malley, uh, O'Malley and Vera, it will. I think it will happen again someday. So why not now? That that's probably the way best way to look at it. Yeah, uh, Hussein starts off by saying, "Just wanted to say that we should take a second to realize that it's a hard sport. These losing fighters." who we as viewers so easily dismiss or label are all human beings with dreams. Some fighters have to have those tough conversations with their partners, wives, and family about the money they won't be bringing home because there is a better man who took it away. Hard life, but big rewards. That is poetic, Hussein. Wow. And then he made picks after. I mean, this guy is just taking us on an emotional roller coaster ride. It almost feels like we shouldn't even make picks anymore. I just feel bad now. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Uh, the, so thank bad you the, the incredible Hulk hitchhiking music in the background. Uh, Kazula Vargas versus Natan Levy. Jotko versus Chris Weidman, if healthy. If not, then Bruno Silva. I've wanted that fight for a long time. I do think he is the guy to welcome Chris Weidman back. I just don't know when when that will happen, right? Yeah, that's probably the perfect fight for Chris Weidman mm-hmm. to come back to. Uh, Elkins, Dan Hooker, Grant Dawson, Joel Alvarez, Arlovsky versus Dawkins. Wow. Throwing, him right, throwing Arlovsky right into a top 10 fight after losing but winning. Romanov versus Spivak. See, this one, I, this one I'm kind of ang. Romanov versus Spivak. I just feel, yeah, not a good night nah. for Spivak. I actually have Romanov, Romanov ahead of him now, so I don't, oh, I yeah. just, that's just not, no purpose for me now. Alexander Romanov. Whoa. Oh my even, even, even Shiloh. Even Done Shiloh the Wonder Dog is not, not a fan of that fight. So Shiloh disapproval. Um, but if they made it, I'd watch it. I mean, we said he disapproved. All right. Canadian Bryant. Good morning, Mike and AK. Hope to make the show this week, LOL. Maybe I was shadow banned from Mike's DMs. Don't really know what that means. Maybe you're just a little late to the party. Wildcard pick. Johan Lanez versus Evan Elder. Jocko versus the winner of Julian Marquez versus Gregory Rodriguez. Darren Elkins versus Lerone Murphy. On another note, let's give it up for Connolly. Fought an absolute killer in his debut, and then two years later comes back and is still fighting killers. Join us in Brito versus Julian Arosa. Yes. Andre Arlovsky versus any heavyweight ranked outside the top 20. Yes. Yeah. And then Marlon Vera, you just picked up the biggest win of your career. You're being matched up with Rob Dwalish, really. Congratulations. Man, that's brutal. Ouch. <laughs> that's brutal, Canadian Brian. All right, Marcus, what do we got here? Rob Font, Dominic Cruz. Orlovsky Olenek, Brito Dewadu. Uh, let's see if we have anything new here. Figueredo versus Flyway Bruno Silva. Gabe Green, Sergey Hondasco. Sure. Natan Levy, Jurong, Shanna Young, Gian Kim. Sure. Harry Doroskin, Young Bohm. Levy, Cl- Ladovic Klein. Mm, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Why sure. Not? Why not? Gabe Green, Matthew Semmelsberger, like that. Discount Figgy. <laughs> Discount Figgy, I don't like that one. Figgy Biggs versus Carlos Hernandez, another one. Romana versus Olenek is fine with me. It kind of seems like that's the direction they're going to go with Romana, AK, because usually Olenek is like the guy that you have to get, that, that the UFC sets you up to, to go over on to get yeah. And, and they can they can sell the oh Romanov likes to go to the ground but no one goes to the ground with, <laughs> with like Alexei Olenek and survives. But I mean, look, I think if you look at him, pretty much any time he's faced uh, an opponent where there's like this big athleticism gap, 
it has not gone well for Alexei Olenek, and that's pretty much what happened with Romanov. Romanov is like a top, pretty top tier athlete at um at heavyweight, which is a pretty I know a low bar, but I would put him in the in the upper upper ranks if we're talking about athleticism in that division. Uh, and I don't know, twenty years ago, maybe this maybe because Romanov would have been a child. <laughs> Romanov would have been eleven, and I, I liked I like Alexei Olenek's chances to beat him then. Once Romanov hit his teen years, I'm probably going Romanov all the way. So, and certainly now with uh, Romanov in his physical prime and Olenek, n- not. Yeah, Grant Dawson, Dakar close. Uh, Joanna Sombrero, Jonathan Pierce, Arlovsky, Christakis again. Shido Vera, Song Yidong, five rounds. So he's with you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Tino Alvarez, last word with mine. Andre Arlovsky, Christakis again. Brito versus Billy Q. Sure. Dawson, CDF in a scramble fest like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jotko Imovov. Is he? No, Imovov hasn't been rebooked, has he? No, he has not. That's why uh, I like that. I, uh, I I like that one a lot, but I do I do think they are going to at least try to rebook the Gaslam Imovov fight. It just has not been rebooked yet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so. Let's see. Figueredo versus Dennis Bonder. I think Viggy's a little ahead of Den- Dennis Bonder, if we're being honest. Gabe Green, Brian Barberina, sure. Yeah. Levy okay. Medic, Shetty Young, Cachuera. Uh, he, and he likes either Cheeto Sandhagen or Cheeto Piotr Jan. So all, right. all fun matchups. Cheeto centric as they should be. <laughs> yeah. T U A K. All right. Let me try not to repeat too many of these. Yeah. The most popular picks for uh, Cheeto definitely Corey Sandhagen, uh, Piotr Jan. Of the Jan matchup, Jay Steiner, my fellow Canadian, says, uh, yes, it's a big step up for Cheeto, but I think he's earned another top five opponent. And with rumors of Marab versus Cruz, this is a good other option for Jan um, if he doesn't fight Marab next. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, yeah, if you look at all the way the pieces are forming. Uh, Song Yadong, most popular pick for Rob Font. Arlovsky versus Latifi, I love. I love, love, love this matchup. Uh, it would be one of the ugliest fights in UFC history. <laughs> Just complete. I l- listen. We talked about the being this show of like criticizing things before they happen. In. This, uh, if there were odds on this being like one of the worst fights, like one of the top ten worst fights of all time, um, I would absolutely like. It should be like ten to one odds that it will be. Because and yet I still I feel like I need to see it happen. Uh, what did you think of Dawson versus uh, Claudio Pueyes? Yeah, that's fun. Where does Poyas? Poyas is a well, Sanford guy, right? Yes, and him so and Sanford Gordon, is ATT. Well, yeah. Well, him and Gordon also apparently were a uh, Gordon. Sorry, sorry. He was apparently Gordon's primary training partner heading to this matchup. So there's a little heat there, a little drama. I mean, if they did it, fine. I think they're right around the same place. I would put Poyas ahead of Dawson. I think he's got a little more juice yes, right now. I agree. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, if that's the direction that the matchmakers go, hashtag will watch. Uh, hat tip, by the way, to Marcus McGahey for reminding, for pointing out the uh, Poyas, uh Jared Gordon connection. That's always fun. I like that stuff. I like when, uh, where do I have Poyas? Oh, actually, I have Poyas below. I have Poyas a lot lower than people think. Uh, Brito versus Gavin Tucker, the governor. I like that. Uh, I'm going to read all these out, Mike. I just want to give you your favorite of these picks. So Elkins versus Caceres. Uh, these are all. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. Let me make this easier. These are all Caceres uh, opponent, uh, Elkins opponent options. Bruce Leroy, Arosa, Sabatini, Vanada. What would be your number one choice? What'd you say at the beginning of the show? 
Elkins. Uh, I want Julian Arosa for Derek. You went Arosa. Okay, so of the others, let me give you the other three because these other three options were all more popular than Arosa. Bruce Leroy, Sabatini, Venata. Bruce Leroy. Bruce Leroy. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jotko versus Shab- uh, Shabazian. Okay. Romanov versus no, Tabora. Man. Oh, no, what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think about Jocko Shabazian? I don't know how to book Shabazian anymore. I don't. I honestly have no idea how to book him. I don't know what to do with him. I don't, I'm not crazy about the Jocko matchup. I just, but I just don't know what to do with him. Um, Romanov versus Marcin Tabora. So people are there with me on this one. Thomas Collins. I want to read his take. He says, Romanov beats every top 15 fighter except Tom Aspinall and Curtis Blades. I'm assuming that that excludes Nganu, unless he thinks the wrestling is just too much. Wow. I don't know. He says just Aspinall and Blades. Uh, but I think he's I, – I I assume he means uh, – Thomas, uh, DM me later and clarify this because I assume you mean in the top 15 range, like 10 to 15 or, or eight, 5 to 15. You you don't mean Nganu and Cyril Gan and I don't know if he has that much faith. Uh, Thomas says, Tabura's wrestling-heavy style would be a good style matchup with Romanov and be a good test for Romanov to see what uh, his standing is within the division. I agree, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned Francisco Figgy. Uh, Figgy what's the, what does Figgy Biggs mean? I don't understand. He's the big, he's, uh, Figgy Smalls is uh, All right. Davison, and Figgy Biggs oh, yeah, yeah. Can, be, can be Francisco, the, and the elder statesman. Is he the older? I thought he was the younger brother. I thought he was the older brother. Uh, let, let, let's, let's, let's do a quick check here. He's younger. He is? He is, but he is bigger, I think, or he has fought at bantamweight more than Figgy had, so it kind of works, I guess. Yeah, Figgy Biggs. We're going with Figgy Biggs. All right, he is the younger brother. He's bigger though. in size and stature. He looks, but he's, yes. All right, anyway, I'm just glad people, yeah, a lot of people mentioned the Bruno Silva matchup, because we just don't hear about flyweight Bruno Silva enough. We get a lot of blindado <laughs> picks. Uh, flyweight Bruno Silva has been, like, completely forgotten. Is he a, uh, is he a pit bull? What's his, uh, <laughs> a bulldog? He's good, man, and he's real good. Bulldog, right? Not pit bull. He's a, bulldog. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, bulldog. Okay. So Bulldog Bruno Silva does not get enough love on this show. So good for him. And one pick, by the way, that got a, a weirdly a lot of traction. And they ton Levy versus uh, Vyacheslav Borshev. And multiple people send that in. So cool. Um, always fun to get like kind of random ones that all these people seem to land on. All right. Going to my email now. Uh, Casey Carpenter. Uh, always coming in with email. Thank you, Casey. Uh, Casey says complimenting us on a lot of the shows this week. They say uh, more Jed, the better. Okay. I don't know about that. The more Dana White impression, the better. Hey, uh, you're welcome. And uh and Casey also says, I won the draft by getting rid of scumbags like John Jones, Conor McGregor, and uh, Jorge Masvidal. Uh, K- Casey's words, not mine. Uh, <laughs> they uh, Tell Mike, enjoy the Celtics in the playoffs because the Red Sox will finish fourth and miss the playoffs. That's not necessary. Is this no, Cole Shelton? Is this Cole this Shelton is, out here this, just this dropping loyal, awful takes? Loyal, uh, no listener, uh, Casey Carpenter, uh, who also adds Dawson versus Moicano. Were they booked at some point? Well, I believe they're now officially teammates. So oh, I don't think that's how, right. I don't know if that works. Oh, no, you, uh, ATT. Moicano's ATT, isn't he? Oh, ATT. I'm sorry. ATT. All these Florida gyms, I keep getting mistaken. Uh, and then also, and I think I saw a couple people mention this, but I'll, I want to read Casey's take on it. Uh, <laughs> Arlovsky versus Fedor, too. It's time. It's time. Uh they said, I want a co-promotion for Fedor versus Andre. I still think if Andre didn't go for that stupid flying knee uh, in their first fight that he was winning, uh, I, I guess that uh, he wouldn't have gotten knocked out. Yeah, for anyone who's somehow never seen that, uh, Arlovsky was winning the first round against uh, Fedor, or at least seemed to be. He seemed to be outboxing him. And he goes for 
what Casey called a flying knee. I don't know what it was. It was like a lunging flying so- – because he never actually threw anything. He kind of just jumped in and got punched square in the face. So we'll never know what Andre was doing there. One of the weirdest moves I've seen and uh, one of the most calamitous endings. And if he had beaten Fedor, I mean, my goodness, who knows how differently we look at him now. But uh, things have worked out pretty well for uh, for Andre Orlovsky. Instagram. Ought know what MMA fighting means. Michael Conifry. Uh Gabe Green versus Matt Brown. Green versus Brown. Color matchup. <laughs> I'm trying. I mean, you sold me. I think you won't find that in the ESPN. I don't think Ron Perlman would be reading that out on the ESPN on a, on a hype video anytime soon. Uh, I want to go back to my, my guy, Jay Steiner. Uh, he does like Arlovsky versus Spivak. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Another. Yeah. Uh, Brito versus Amerikani. Romanov versus Olenek. Man, I don't just I don't he'll maul him. MMA heads. Did we talk about this? Arlovsky versus Romanov? I think we talked about the post-fight show. I don't know if we mentioned it. So I so so that matchup since Romanov's first UFC win, that has been my my Otno pick every single time. It's Andrei Arlovsky. Oh yeah. Okay. And then every time Andrei Arlovsky fights on a main card, my pick is Alexander Romanov every single time. So I think after like nine consecutive fights, I am officially off that train because I think Romanov is just so far ahead of him that I don't want to see it. Um. And I think there are certain heavyweights that are just beyond the Arlovsky test. And I think Romanov is so far beyond the Arlovsky test that it's not even funny. It's not even a fair fight anymore, and there's nothing desirable about it at all. I wonder if his fight had been after Arlovsky's, would he have called him out instead, instead of Sakai? I wonder. Um, uh, 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 MMA Heads has a couple of other conditional picks, like so-and-so versus such-and-such winner, loser, upcoming. I'm not going to read all those out, but MMA Heads, you're noted. I I do like the, uh, the forethought. Southpaw picks coming in. Uh, a few I've already mentioned, but I'll just – I like Gabe Green versus Carlson Harris. That's a fun one. Gabe Green really, like, raised his stock on um, Saturday. That was a ex- super exciting fight. And we talk about Mom and Vera being super tough. Uh, Gabe Green didn't quite wear the damage as well, but holy crap, what a comeback. <laughs> holy crap, that was fun. So good for you, Gabe Green. A lot of Gabe Green picks. Matt Bradbury, Shanna Young versus Maria Agapova. Uh, okay. That actually is not a bad idea. It seems weird, but I feel like, I feel like the UFC will look at those two women and just be like, who can we build upon? Like Mm -hmm. if we can only, if we could send one of these women down the path of like trying to climb the ranks, who are we going to invest in? And this is like no disrespect to Shanna Young at all, but Abagapava is clearly the answer to that question. So I could see the UFC trying to book that fight, but again, and this is a, this would be a, this would be sort of an interesting test for Agabava because if, Sh- if Shanna Youngs does the same thing to her, then we know. We know that Agapova is, is going to need some more seasoning. Maybe she, maybe she takes sort of the uh, the Kay Hansen path and goes to Invicta for a little while and seasons up and gets some wins and gets some confidence because Kay Hansen did just sign a multi-year deal or multi-fight deal uh, to return to Invicta. So I think that's a great move for Kay Hansen and maybe we get to see if Agapova might have to do something similar. Hmm. Uh, Gabe Green versus Lyman Good. Lyman Good we haven't seen in a while. I had to check if he was still with the UFC. I'm pretty sure he is. Um, I imagine he's nearing retirement uh, with the inactivity, and he's he's been up there in age 37 years old, I think. Um, Brito versus Tukagov. I like that one. Brito's in such a weird place because, uh, like I said, we said he beat like a, a veteran, like a really respected veteran in Philly. I could see him being matched up with like a newcomer in his like a contender series newcomer in his next fight, or I could see him getting matched up with a top ten guy. He's in a very strange spot, and I think they when you finish a, a veteran that quickly, 
I don't know how you gauge like how good this person actually is because I don't think I think if you run that fight back 20 times I don't think you get a what was a 41 second TKO ever again um, but this instance happened great performance uh, Dylan shoot I wanted to read his intro for some reason why did I make a note to do that <laughs> how does Sal Diamato solve a job uh, he said I don't know what you scored the fight but I thought Jake clearly won one and three round two was close and uh, they want to say my MMA fighting draft was severely underrated. Reiner de Ritter was a great pick. I truly believe he would beat 99% of the 185 and 205 pounders in the UFC. But anyways, here are my picks. Uh, and by the way, hat tip. Uh, yeah, listen, credit to Jed Mishu. Jed Mishu's been riding that Reiner de Ritter, Reiner de Ritter train for a while, and I'm just happy to uh, to hop on with him. Uh, and a few good picks here. Brito versus Landwehr. Dawson versus Brad Riddell. I like it because I think we explicitly mentioned Riddell on uh, the post-fight show saying like, oh, we don't think Dawson's at that level yet. Well, hey, just fight him. And there's another uh, Ramon versus Chris Dawkins mentioned. All right, let's go to Twitter to close out the show. Plenty of Twitter picks. I'll run by through as fast as I can. First off, I'll always like to start off with uh, my first-timers, uh, long-time listeners, first-time fight pickers. And I'll read the whole thing here. This is for Richard Barnes. Uh, at Liberty underscore Newfie, so I assume another Canadian. Um, Vera versus Dillashaw, give Aldo to Aljo. Jan versus Mirab, Sanhagen versus Font, etc. Arlovsky versus Abdurakimov, yeah, that might be the right fight for Ashimil. Uh Dawson versus Marco Madsen, or Joe Alvarez, if they want to give him a higher ranked guy, he cannot wrestle. Brito versus Lauren Murphy, uh, if he's injured for too long, give uh, Brito Dawadu. Elkins versus Daniel Pineda, I suppose that one didn't come up. Jocko versus uh, Blendado, Bruno Silva, uh, Romanov versus Sabora. If they don't reschedule the Rosenstrike, yeah, they won't reschedule because Rosenstrike is now fighting uh, Volkov, I think. Uh, yes, that's the main event June 4th? June 4th. June 4th. And uh, Figgy Biggs versus Jeff Molina. Oof, that's a, that'd be a super tough fight. <laughs> that's a great, that's, that's, a, that, that's probably the right fight, fight though. It probably is. I, I think Jeff Molina. At least I, I would favor him. Like I would favor him minus two hundred. I don't know if that's what the line would be, but I have Molina tier above uh, Figgy Biggs. But maybe maybe rating Figgy Biggs. All right. So thank you, Richard Barnes, first timer. Uh, Chris at Slayer two. Gabe Green versus Barbarina. Timmy Osho. Font versus Cruz. I would love it if Rob Font could win the dominant Cruz sweepstakes. But are people? We don't know what's up with Cruz, right? I think Cruz versus Marab was like the leading rumor for a while, but nothing's close to being finalized with anything. For Cruz, I mean, right? from listen, here's here's a little piece of advice for you as well. There are certain Twitter accounts that you're starting to follow and you're seeing more and more of that are just oh. putting out inaccurate information. Like yes. someone said, breaking news: Marab is is fighting. Dominic Cruz date to be determined. That is not true. Like that is not true. Has the fight been like potentially offered maybe like preliminary discussions? Sure. And I think that's what Helani was trying to say, but you can't take that as a fight. He had to correct someone on, yeah. on social. Yeah. yeah. I'm, not, we're not gonna, I'm not gonna call out the account. I'm not either. Uh, one, not, not one, not to get them attention. And two, just, I don't need to call. I don't want to call someone. Like I understand people are doing hundred percent. Yeah. Clout, but, yeah, but here's you gotta this, be careful. Yeah, yeah, you gotta be careful. And two, like, he's gonna, like, these people, they, they go out and they see what Big Marcel does. Big Marcel does a great job. Like, if, if a fight is announced, if a fight is official, Big Marcel has tweeted about it. And the mm -hmm. reason why is he'll see reports and Marcel will actually talk to people who are in the know about it before he puts it out there. 
So that would be my suggestion to up and coming accounts who are going to try to report news like that. If you see something, rather than just tweet it out like it's a done deal, you should probably reach out to somebody who might know if that is accurate or not. And then if you get confirmation, then you could put it out there. Because you notice that like, you notice that we don't report anything until either the UFC announces it or we confirm it with multiple people. And that's the way you have to do it. So just, just some advice for the youngsters out there. As far as the actual fight goes, Marab versus Cruz, be really interesting. What a nightmare matchup for Dominic Cruz. But there's something <laughs> really fascinating about that. How would Dominic's footwork work against Marab's incredible pace? Mm-hmm. I'm curious. I, I would actually be pretty curious to see that fight. Still a horrible matchup for Dominic Cruz. Because like with all the matchups at Bantamweight, if Dominic Cruz, if the UFC is like, hey, list like, the top 15 guys you want to fight, Marab is probably 15 on that list. But I'm intrigued by it. So, yeah, they go that route, cool. If not, fine. How do you like Rob Font's chance against Dominic Cruz? Do you think think that's the perfect fight for Rob Font right now? I love that fight. That's a great fight. But again, it's I would like to see Font take a lot of time off. The Calvin Cater schedule from 2021, I would like to see Rob Font have that same schedule. New England cartel, New England cartel, right? That's yeah, the, the, the year off plan. They should trademark that if that works out. If they do that for fun, it works out. Uh, and by the way, thank you, Mike, for that. Pub- that was a public service announcement. You're a generous man. That yeah, is a that I'm is trying a, to help. That was a that's a mic check of love. Yes. And to help people. Yes. You are so you are so generous. I am I am privileged to know you and all the listeners <laughs> privileged to hear your words. Get out of here. And I'm, I mean, I mean that. Uh, Barry O'Reilly, uh, Shana Young versus Mandy Baum, Gabe Green versus. Uh, so he said, uh, Gabe Green versus, is this, um, oh my gosh, I should have written down the full name. Rustam. Kabilov? Kuro, no, no, what's this guy? I'm sorry, Ramazan Karamagomedov. He's with Eagle FC. Is there, so, uh, did I miss something about him? Is he going to sign with the UFC? He was signed by the UFC like a long time ago and it just didn't work out. He's fought for other promotions since then. So he's not like connected to the UFC in any way, right? I don't think so. Um, listen. If I'm Ramazan Kuramagomedov, I am never leaving Eagle FC. One, because now you got me on the team who is just going to be a promotional (laughs) juggernaut. And two, listen, we all know what's going on in Eagle FC. We're not dumb. We see right through what's going on in Eagle FC. doesn't change the way I view it because I knew this was going to be the case from the get-go. If you have a chance to make the amount of money he's probably making to fight the John Howards of the world, who has a name, who is going to clearly beat... Why would you leave there? Why would you leave there? I, I don't understand. I don't to, to understand. Fight Gabe, to fight Gabe Green, you don't want to. Like, that's a tough fight. He will make less to. money fighting for the UFC. I can guarantee yes. it. Yes. Uh, so, Bear, I don't know. That's a weird pick. But uh, I do want to read a couple of his others. Elkins versus Onama. David Onama, he says, might seem like too big of a gap between the two in terms of experience and rankings. But <sighs> Conley has won one in the UFC. Onama looks like he could be a top 15 guy. A win over someone as respected as Elkins will move him a lot closer to that position. So I don't, I don't mind that. That is a crazy and, fight. I actually sure. like David Onama against either of those two guys would be a lot of fun. Even Tristan yeah. Connolly would be super yeah. fun. That might be that might be more likely. Yeah. And then uh, Arlovsky, he says versus Devin Clark. If Clark is staying at heavyweight, I doubt it. If Clark is staying at heavyweight, what better way to show he belongs there than trying to beat Arlovsky 2.0? Would be interesting to see if uh, Arlovsky's movement can be used against a lighter more mobile fighter who still has a knockout power of his own. Yeah, I actually, again, 
give me all the weird like I wish more light heavyweights would just venture up to heavyweight now and then and for like more than one fight like one fight two fights just do it like light heavyweight and heavyweight should be almost like for, for the light heavyweights anyway should be like interchangeable like just go up there if you want to stay busy go pick a fight with a random heavyweight it's funny uh, Braden O'Neal uh, Jakob versus Imavov, Gabe Green versus Milan. So I know we said we like that one. Uh, at Aguirre MMA, I like Gabe Green versus Brahimai. Sure, sure. Again, like I said, a lot of Gabe Green talk. He did a, that that win. It was, was it's so huge. Uh, Romanov uh, Dax at Pike Putt. Romanov versus the Volkov Rundstrike loser. Again, that's if you really want to vault him to the top ten. There you go. Shana Young versus Sajara Eubanks. The Shanimal versus Sarge. For worst nickname at 125. Some, uh, I'll have to look. There's some pretty bad nicknames. Uh, Marcus McGahey also in favor of Jocko versus Weidman. Shana Young versus Victoria Leonardo. I love that. I love that fight. Uh, Ain't no expert. Says, first of all, give Aldo the title shot. Three exclamation points. And then uh, Vera versus Dillashaw. Uh, Romana versus Walt Harris. No, no, no. And uh, <laughs> hey, look at like this one, Mike. Font versus Ricky Simone, too. Hmm. Hmm. They fought in July 2018, so we're almost four years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that was. I'm sorry. That was half hour since. I'm sorry. December 2019. Okay. Yeah. So, well, two. Not enough time has passed. I don't not think. Time? What's that? Three fights removed for Font? Four. 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 Yeah, it just seemed like that much. Four Ricky, for Font. I would like to see Ricky Simone, Simone get a top. I would like to see Rick. I know he just got a, a t- like he's had top 15 wins but i would like to see him fight a current top 15 fighter not named Rafael Sunsau to earn a fight like that oh you he needs to oh you want to see him fight a top 15 guy then fight a Rob Font yeah because i think Sunsau oh, okay. was ranked but to me it's just like i don't know i have all respect to Rafael Sunsau he wasn't one of the 15 best bantamweights in the ufc in my opinion and ricky treated him accordingly so I would like to see him get a win. Like if Ricky Simone fought a Song Yidong or a Kyler Phillips and won that fight, if Rob Font is available and there, sure, I'm okay with that. But I'd like to see him get one more win before getting that rematch. Uh, James McDonald likes Brito versus Onama. Now, see, that makes a lot of sense because Brito is one and one in the UFC. Onama is one and one, also one and one. So that actually makes a lot of sense. Like I said, people could be all over the place with Brito and you're just you're probably not wrong. Uh, as at four, and a qu- four Corner Sports NY is saying Brito versus Cub Swanson. Sure. Again, we're all over the place with this guy. I love this one. I don't know if you mentioned it. Uh, Grant Dawson versus Jalen Turner. That was not mentioned at all. Let's do I it. I like that one. That's fun. Throw them in there. Throw them in there. Don't keep them separated. Throw them in there. Jocko versus the Daron win. Uh, Phil Haas winner, June 18th. I feel like this fight has been booked like 800 times. Is this fight actually <laughs> happening or... Has this fight not been booked like 5,000 times? I feel like not... it has. It's one of those. I have to look up, every time someone mentions it, I have to look it up. And like, I don't know if they made a mistake or that it has been rebooked, which I guess it has. June 18th. Uh, Gabe Green, Worley Alves, Nathan Levy, Fares Ziam. That's kind of a fun one. Brandon Hahn, again, a bunch of ones that have ever been read. But uh, Darren Elkins versus Makwan Amir Khani. Just a few to go here. Oh, I want to read this nice stuff from uh, our pal, Hayes, Hayes with Third. Always writes a lot. I, I wish I could read it all. Uh, Hayes with Third says, first of all, great content with the Trapped and Ranking Show. Uh, he's convinced they put me in charge of the UFC just so I could hear more of uh, Rodney Dangerfield. Hey, yeah, you got to respect the impression. Hey, no res- hey, no respect. They don't respect the impression. That show was great. I would have been down for another five rounds. Yeah, I think next year we might make it a two-episode, like a two-parter or something. I think we have to do like ten rounds and just make it, just break it into two parts. You know what's um, great? I think we have like 
there's always like content needs before yeah. Christmas, like after Christmas and before New Year's. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. normally we just have to like create onto the next one shows to like fill those mm-hmm. gaps. I think we may have just found something that could replace some of the shows. We're just like, wow, we're really, are we really doing this? We were just are like pulling. About, are you talking about a whole show? Are you talking about make, uh, the Rodney Danafield show where I do a whole show as Rodney Danafield? Yeah. Yeah, we could do the draft. Yeah, we could just do five more rounds of a draft. And oh, I don't even care about the draft. I'm just saying. I'm just saying a Rodney Danafield show where I talk about the topics of the day and do movie, do funny movie reviews. Rodney Danafield's uh, award show at the end of the year. Yeah, give some Rodney Danafield awards. Yeah. Okay. Now you're talking, Mike. <laughs> Forget the draft stuff. I, I just want more Rodney Danafield. Uh, they also thanking me for fighting the good fight to keep Glover at one for two or five. Thank you. And says uh, and Hayes says I'm in full agreement regardless of what anyone says about Lance Uppercut. Uh, also, sorry to means was booked for a fight that wasn't Robbie Lawler, but Kevin Holland was a big opportunity to. Yeah, I know, I know, I agree. Uh, Font versus O'Malley, a fight with Corey has banger. Re- oh, sorry, oh sorry. Uh, I said Sonya Dom before the loser of this fight, since I thought he signed a new deal and thus will fight higher ranked guys. I think a step back might be needed for Font. I'll go with O'Malley. So since Sean has called out Font before, gives him a chance to look better in a win uh, than Cheeto or say he beat a guy that Cody lost to, but uh, to help build possible fights in the future. Not saying he'll beat him badly, or that him and Cody should ever be booked. Just saying he has the opportunity to. So, some a lot of lot of uh, uh, O'Malley thoughts there. Yep. Brito versus Caceres, Elkins versus Damon Jackson. If he beats Derek Miller on June fourth, uh, what else we got here? Jack, uh, Romanov versus Abdurakhima. Francisco Figueredo versus. Uh, I just want to mention Ty- Tyra Tats- Tatsuro Tyra versus Candelario. That's has been rebooked for May fourteenth. So uh, good good way to point that out. Uh, yeah, could fight uh, Figgy Biggs. Gabe Green versus Claudio Silva, Nathan Levy versus uh, Nicholas Mota. A few more. Sean Haywood likes Brito versus Davidu, sure. Thomas Collins, Dawson versus Fajeda. That's right. We're all down with that. Emil plays. I wanted to read this. <laughs> they said, uh, apart from the prelims and main card, this is what Jed would call a go write a book type of forgetful. And then they uh, they clear the throat, and then they I'm sorry they're asking for the Dana uh, Rodney Dana Field impression. Uh, hey, you all need to start putting some respect in my boy Cheeto's name. It's no respect, no respect here for the MMA fighting fan. Uh, Rob Font is tough as they come, but Cheeto over here eating shots, uh, barely winning and bleeding like he's the worthy successor of Henry Cavill's Man of Steel. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, I really hope that this performance people start realizing this man's a real contender since him and Aldo already fought. TJ seems to be next in line. Uh, for the, and T, sorry, they already fought, and TJ seems to be next in line for the close shot. Give uh, Cheeto, Corey Sanhagen, make it a fight night main event because Cheeto is never in a fight. Corey would be a great dance partner. As for Font, Sugar Show, real step up in competition that O'Malley is looking for. Font a chance to steal the hype. Be right back in the mix at 135. And I'll close out now. Dustin Gedko, because he got creative here. One with uh, Darren Elkins versus Kelleher at 145. That'd be interesting because Keller has been regularly fighting at 145, but not against 145ers. He's, you know, he's usually just talking with other 135ers at fighting uh, at featherweight, so they don't have to cut weight. So would he fight an actual 145er? That'd be a bit weird. He fought would be Kevin Kroom. He fought Kevin Kroom. Kevin Kroom's a one straight up 145er. Yeah, he's a featherweight. Okay, was that a late note? Did, he repl- did uh, Kelleher replace someone? Kroom stepped in on like two days notice to fight Kelleher, oh, but it was at a 40, but it, I believe right. Kelleher was supposed to fight a Bantamweight at Featherweight. A Bantamweight, yes, and then Kroom. Okay, so it's happened. And then <laughs> he likes, uh, Dustin Gecko says, Romanov versus Jailton Almeida if he beats Parker Porter on May 21st. Now, I would imagine Jailton Almeida is just going to drop back down to 205 if Probably. he beats Parker Porter. <laughs> Win or lose with Parker Porter. 
kind of taking this fight to stay busy and get get some, get some money uh, and knock off a fight in his contract. But uh, it would I do like I do kind of like the thinking because Almeida looks like a friggin' beast at 205, someone who I think will fight for the uh, UFC title someday. And seeing him again, like putting his grappling against Romanov would be fun. Uh, let me see what Jailton Almeida weighs in at for his heavy. If he if he can crack like if he comes in for some reason somehow at like two forty, like a solid like two thirty five, two forty. William Knight style. Uh, yeah, I'd be like, all right, all right. So I just like the creativity there. So thank you, Dustin. I'm gonna close out with that for the uh, listener picks, guys. Amazing picks this week for a card that I thought was just okay on paper and turned out pretty good um, in practice. Hit me up, guys. All my DMs are open at Alexander K Lee on Twitter. Alexander KK Lee on Instagram and uh, on email, alex.lee at espionation.com. Okay. Uh, M underscore Heck Jr. on IG, but we're going to be live next week. So what I, what I would appreciate is if no one submits any picks, we just do oh, them all true. live. Like that would just be the way to go. If I had them my way, then we could just if, pull them up and discuss as they happen. Yes. If you can tune in, if you can tune in, please, we'll probably do it around 10, 30, 11 on Sunday-ish, yes. no, later? Yeah. Ish? That's the plan anyway. Ish. We'll let you know during, you guys, will let you know during the week. We'll tweet it out. Pay attention to our social medias. We'll let you know. And if, obviously, if you can't make the show, then please send in pics as you normally would. But uh, if you can, if you can tune in, hit us up and we'll, we'll, do, we'll, yeah, we'll do this on air. That does sound like fun. Yes, that's the way to do it. Uh, of course, UFC 274 going down next week. Charles Oliveira. Justin Gaethje for the lightweight title. Rose Namajunas, Carlos Sparza, part two for the strawweight title. Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson. Shogun Hua versus Ovin St. Pru, too. Didn't think we'd ever see the day, but here we are. Donald Cerrone, Joe Lozon. Randy Brown, Chaos Williams. Macy Chiesa, Norma Dumont. Brandon Royval, Matt Schnell. Great fight. Blagoy Ivanov versus Marcos Rogerio de Lima. Francisco Trinaldo versus Danny Roberts. Tracy Cortez, Melissa Gatto. Clayton Rodriguez versus CJ Vergara. Lupi Godinez is back. Taking on Ariane Carnalozzi. Journey Newsom versus Fernie Garcia. And apparently a new fight has been added to this event over the last 48 hours. Andre Fiala versus Cameron Van Camp apparently is on this card. So 15 fights on Saturday for UFC 274. We will be on site. Jose Youngs, Sean Alshadi, our local Arizonans will be there and we'll be talking about UFC 274 throughout the week. But until then, everybody, for AK Lee, I am Mike Heck. Thank you for listening. And always remember, don't take this stuff too seriously. MA is supposed to be fun and we will have a lot of fun live right here next week on On to the Next One, the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Before Zoom Info, business wins took a lot of time, energy, and patience. But today, Zoom Info aligns your sales and marketing teams, identifies ideal customers faster, and automates your go-to-market strategy. So you can scale up and get on the fast track to marketplace domination. And that's how winners win. Unlock insights, engage customers, win faster at zoominfo.com. Zoom Info, how business goes to market.